goal. Most consistent podcast ever created on planet Earth is back at it with a <laughs> UFC 287 episode special edition. Also, Kellen had a few extra hours today. So what does that mean? He wrote up an episode. He didn't. He's not just gonna wing it this time. I like read into some articles. I feel like you never did a little wing bit it. of a deep dive. Well, I do. I do like research, but I took a more of a deeper dive than I usually do. Mm. But um, it's like. I feel like it's tradition here to catch up a little bit because you always have to have a little bit of a catch up here because you never know what we've been doing in our long hiatuses in between each and every episode we do because it seems like there's about, I don't know, week and a half at minimum between. At minimum? <laughs> between some. Um, spring break was pretty sick. Basically just made Uneventful. every streaming service my best friend and watched every good thing out there pretty much because we didn't go anywhere sunny we stayed in albany oregon well yeah there was not really i mean we were supposed to go to california it was snowing there too much for where we wanted to go so we couldn't so the world's changing and (laughs) (laughs) wow took a deep turn no it's just like a six six a.m awake or she left me sleeping in my in her bed and I woke up feeling like I got left on one like a one night stand. And I was like, wait, where is everybody? Usually when I wake up in the morning for school or for like work, I wake him up too. Or he naturally wakes up and he leaves when I leave my house. Yeah. And he, he just comes back here and falls back to sleep. But today he looked so cozy and he wasn't waking up. So I just was left him cuddling my dog. Got up. I was trying to be really quiet because I didn't want to. It was so early. I you like were getting tired. an early start on the day, and then <sighs> I'm glad I didn't wake you up. And you got to spend some more time with my dog. Kind of. I was unconscious for the next three but he hours. Was I woke up and with felt right. Wasn't yeah. he? <laughs> wasn't he cuddling you on the bed after I left? He jumped back up with you, or no? Yeah, at the foot of the bed. Yeah, and then he got my blanket caught on his nail and was walking around. I guess Kellen said he walked down the stairs backwards because then his <laughs> the nail was caught on his nail and then he Poor got it boy. off but i need to make sure it's okay when i get home i'll take a look he's fine he just needs his nails clipped he's just not the best about letting people do that he goes like this <laughs> but he's gotten a lot better okay so that's our little update that's, nothing really new that's enough about our life Ted Lasso's looking good. Mandalorian kind of iffy. What else? Uh, Night Agent was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Night Agent Luth, was good. Lutha was really fucking scary. Makes me not want to post anything on the internet. But you know what? I'm not going to live in fear. So whatever. We kind of... <laughs> no, literally, though, that was scary. We kind of started... I know all the rave right now is Daisy Jones and the Six. I'm sure whoever's watching this podcast doesn't even know what that show is. We've watched 30 Minutes. We watched the first episode halfway through, so that's what we should watch later today. No, we're going to go to bed early tonight because she has to wake up at six all the time, and she's complaining. She's Because I'm exhausted. We stayed up till midnight. I got up today at 6.45, then drove to campus, then went to the gym, and then ran errands. I literally have been home. to the gym? I went to the home. Gym girl? I've been at home for an hour and a half <laughs> since 6.45, so I'm tired. And it is now four o'clock, just to give reference. Okay, enough of the wrap up. <laughs> okay, let's are you ready get for started. This? Dude, I have an absolute itinerary here for you guys. All right, 
So, um, obviously, UFC News Alerts is one of our best friends on Instagram, but I put Instagram on, like, the fourth page of my iPhone because I've been going on it way too much. So, I was, like, out of sight, out of mind, so I just put it on its own separate page in the back of my iPhone. Do you and think, really think that's helped at all? I don't go on Instagram anymore. Completely forget about it. No way. So, actually, yeah, screw up. Um, <laughs> also, okay, I should do that. Yeah, you need to do that with TikTok. I was going to say, I don't go on Instagram a whole lot. Like, I don't even have my notifications on, but... I would say TikTok's probably, honestly, even YouTube right now. I've been kind of watching a lot of YouTube, but that's okay. That's my <laughs> escape. It's been my escape. Okay, continue. So many good fights. So we're going to go over some good fights that are going on. Some, a uh, little a bit of a head scratcher here. And then some things that infuriate me. And then I was trying to think of a game. Couldn't think of any games, all right? <laughs> but I was just going through because the MMA ranking is a really good website. And it just shows like all the fighters in like a ufc division or whatever it's the rankings are pretty stupid it looks a little bit glitchy right now i think it might be under construction a little bit the website but uh i was just going through all of it and i just wanted to kind of make my predictions on um who i think is going to be like champion in the future i know that's a really obviously not that creative of a topic but i feel like i want to make predictions and right now that i feel like are going to age really well in the future i want to see in the future how many i actually get right and i tried to narrow it down to at least less than five guys in each division but i'm just gonna for whatever call or whatever division i went through every single men's and women's one but um i there's multiple and i'm just gonna end up picking one out of the multiple that i pick some divisions only have one or two so it'll be easier but other divisions sometimes have like three or four guys that i think might make it so or get um a belt on them but and then a guys like Hiri who have touched gold don't not going to count them you know and like Adesanya I'm not going to count them obviously because they've already become champion and are more than capable of getting the belts back but yeah that's kind of like what I thought about and then yeah Get, do a little Georgian fighter segment at the end and then obviously we're talking about UFC 287 which is I think actually it could be Cause you know how like on main cards how there's probably like two or three shit fights and then you're not only looking forward to the main event and the co-main event mm -hmm. this one actually i'm excited for all five fights and, and in this case the prelims aren't that amazing but the main card looks extremely stacked i mean like i didn't realize that christian rodriguez versus raul rosas might be a little bit closer than people think raul is obviously a beast but i was looking on social media today i absolutely love it Kevin Holland and uh, Jorge Masvidal getting a little bit of an altercation in the hotel room or in the hotel lobby in uh, yeah. Miami, which I think is kind of interesting. And he made a joke. It'd be so funny if they if something not funny because it would mean that something happened to Gilbert. But uh, what if Kevin <laughs> actually ended up fighting Jorge? Jorge would probably knock his ass out. But I just was thinking in a street fight, I'm almost taking Kevin Holland over anybody. In, because I feel like Kevin Holland, he's just kind of one of those, uh, what do you call him, vigilante type guys. Because he always solves crime. Like, he's like <laughs> stopped like two shoplifters or something. And he's just, I feel like there's just a different. Because, uh, you know, like when you're fighting inside the rules of a sport. Um, like Colby Covington's pretty good. But I don't know if I'd want Colby Covington in a street fight. You know, there's like certain guys that are just more scrappy yeah. and I feel like they would fight more dirty. Mm -hmm. Cause like a guy like Nate Diaz, 
even though street fights are relatively short i feel like nate when people say that nate just runs out of time in fights it's honestly true like if you had a six round fight or an eight round fight with nate diaz versus almost anybody in the world i'm probably gonna take nate yeah which is crazy to think about like how long that is like just go to think about like you know you missed a fight but when he almost knocked out leon edwards bro if, yeah. if it goes back to the sixth round like, nate diaz gets absolutely pieced up by so many guys in the division and he's not a very big strong welterweight yeah, yeah but the fact that he can hang in there and just find his shot eventually in a fight you just know it's coming no matter what like even when he loses fights he obviously he finds somehow some way to win and his stock still manages to rise despite absorbing so many strikes to the head which is <laughs> i love that guy but i think that if i'm going into street fight if i could pick two guys i'm honestly taking kevin holland and like nate diaz dude honestly he, over any other big guys wow i get it though i know who you would take the reaper a little bit. <laughs> i could not see, i feel like he's scary he'd be scary in a street fight you think honestly like the, the scariest guys could actually be the guys that are really nice because when you see them like because it when almost you see, like catches you off off guard and it Ask makes you really, really uncomfortable yeah okay but yeah i can't wait to do the picks for the main card because it's sick and there's only one fight that i'm really looking forward to but we'll get to that later all right the first thing that we'll hit on on our itinerary, already 10 minutes into this, holy shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be an hour long. Uh-huh. I got the sickest alert ever, and that is our boy, Pescatarian video, Crone Gracie, which was probably one of the sickest videos I ever watched. I probably rewatched that video. Like, it was the food, I forget what food, it was like foodie. Is that like a net- youtube channel sounds like or munchies it. or something yeah i think munchies is so, one something like that but they did a, a docu document short documentary on crone gracie oh he's gonna be fighting the warrior the charles jordan this is probably going to be my fight of the year candidate <laughs> just because when i got this alert on my phone when i saw it crone gracie versus charles jordan it's going to be a straight up war. I rewatched the Crone versus Cub Swanson fight. And it just reminds me of a throwback like Vikings Valhalla <laughs> fight scene. I showed Bianca the picture of Crone Gracie when he was fighting Cub Swanson. And he's an absolute mountain man, basically. But I just think that these two styles between these two guys mesh perfectly the way that crone gracie just likes to rush in and then charles jordan needs a dance partner in order for a fight to go well for him the only problem with charles is if we don't get those uh inside trips addressed a little bit he's gonna be on his back a lot during this fight because in the nathaniel wood fight you know how it seemed like nathaniel could take charles jordan down at will every time they engaged nate was just like okay I'm just going to put you on your back for a second and then either get on top of you and then they just went around or let you back up to your feet and I guess just kind of keep you thinking on edge the entire time of, oh, when am I going to do this trip? When am I going to take you down? So I just really hope Charles Rodin's been working on his takedown defense because if this fight can stay on the feet, Chrome Gracie's chin is insane he, and he has like the thudding power. It's not like necessarily one-punch knockout power, but Charles Jordan, when he gets in the flow state, on the feet he's one of the most exciting featherweights on planet earth but crone gracie i just really hope this fight stays on the feet because it has 
both of these guys are just so insanely durable that you could get 15 minutes of just pure action. But at the same time, I could also see Charles Jordan just getting tripped the whole time or getting choked out in the first round. But when I saw this, I was like, this is a perfect comeback fight for Crone because it's a super favorable matchup, super tough, but it's also a great opportunity for Charles Jordan to bounce back and get a good win under his belt because if you fight a jiu-jitsu fighter like Crone Gracie and get a dub over him, I mean, that's absolutely, that's a huge feather in your cap. So I was just super stoked to see this fight. And I think that it's going to blow a lot of people's mind. I really hope so. Because it seems like every fight Crone Gracie's in is really exciting. He either gets a finish or it's a... Well, he hasn't fought that many times in the UFC. He's only be like Alex Caceres and fought Cub Swanson. But yeah. Then, dude, head scratcher here. What do you think about Hanato Moicano and getting the fight against Armand Sarukian? And I did my own little monologue, like I was practicing in the car, about like what I would say really? on the podcast, because I'm an absolute <laughs> professional. And I think that the funny thing here is, uh, Money Moicano. The X factor with him is that the guy's confidence is at an all-time high. Does Moicano have the skill set to beat Armand Sarukian? Yeah. Heard it here this first, is a ladies. True heard it Hanato here Moicano fan right here. Only no, you Hanato don't, you don't. Moicano <laughs> fans would say yes to that question. <laughs> we're talking about a guy that went uh, 15 Wait. minutes with uh, Islam Makachev. And uh, Money Moicano yeah, no, could be no in way. for a long there's freaking no, night against the no Armenian superhero. There's no way he's beating him. No. No. But I'm pretty sure Armand's legs are the size of Hanato's body. Then talk about bad matchup. Dude, yeah, I just don't understand this matchup, okay? It, 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 it is right now, though, when you're really taking a peek and take a little glimpsey at the rankings. It, like, it is like the, it's the, the only rankings. thing that makes sense. Yeah. Because Hanato, his stock's at an all time high after his dub over Brad Riddell. And who knows, baby? Are we going to get another what happens if Jeff Neal can stay on the feet for a Shavkat Rachmanov situation right here? Because if we do. It could be closer than we think. It's just the difference is if Hanato's takedown defense is not on point, we're just going to see Armand Joel Alvarez the hell out of Hanato. And it's going to be a bloody mess. But if Hanato can pull a Jeff Neal, like Jeff Neal did against Shavkat, and stuff a few takedowns, land a few of his long, rangy punches, because he can drop you if you're not careful. And if... He's super dangerous with his jujitsu, so he can catch you in a submission. But I'm just thinking in terms of power, speed, skill, ah, fight IQ. It's tough, but I think that we could get a little bit of a spicier matchup than we insist. Because what does MMA do? What does the UFC do? It surprises you all the time. Like You're not wrong. Did I think Alex Pijera is going to knock out Israel Adesanya, basically? No, I didn't think that. Did I think Jeff <laughs> Neal was going to start landing left bombs from hell on Shavkat? Didn't think that. Can't say I did. I'm trying to think of some more. <laughs> <laughs> did I think Leon was going to knock out Kamaro Usman in the no. dark realm? Did I think that uh, he was going to get that dub the second fight around? H-E-L double hockey I don't sticks. know H-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-
could get a closer matchup than we expect. You know, I forgot. Hmm. Our new chalk. Dang no. it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! False fist bump. Yeah. Dang it. Well, we got new chalk finally, so be on the lookout. Maybe next episode we'll have a cool AGNG drawing up here, or we'll actually have the the episode number on the clicker, which you guys probably don't see that part. Does it get edited out every time? Yeah, edited out every time. Just kidding. Sorry, continue. Hanato's 13, Armon 8. It's a tough matchup for our boy. Um, mm-hmm. Dude, I saw Kledgeson, Rodriguez versus Tatsuo Taira. Going to keep this one short? That's going to be a real banger. Holy moly. Two of the best little flyweight prospects on planet Earth going at it. Kledgeson, Buzzsaw, Tatsuo Taira, practitioner. Just an absolute assassin. It's going to be crazy. Um... And since we're on like the topic of lightweight really fast with Armand and Hanato, and we just saw the Gaethje versus uh, Fazee fight, we need to stop it right now with, uh, oh, because I, I think people are thinking less of Islam Makachev after that Alexander Volkanovsky fight. And we need to acknowledge that Alexander Volkanovsky, right now, he's Bet he's the number one lightweight on planet Earth underneath Islam. Because in my opinion, he could uh, he could almost be the champion. If you win that fifth round of that last fight, that speaks volumes to me, honestly. If you win the fifth round of any fight, you're the guy. That means you finished the fight stronger than the dude that beat you. And in real life, that's all that matters. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we just need to stop with Justin Gaethje. Although your power is insane, bro, Dustin Poirier... Islam Makachev is going to grab you. He's going to strangle you, okay, when you guys fight. Because I don't, I know he's not the same as Habib Nurmagomedov, but uh, dudes wasn't on his A game, I don't think, against Alexander Volkanovsky. And what did Charles Oliveira do to both of you guys? Oh, yeah, he choked you the fuck out. <laughs> so, and what did uh, Islam do? He choked out the guy that choked you out. So I just think we need to put some respect on Islam's <laughs> name and say that... Uh, are, the door's not as yeah, wide open as you think, man. bro. Door's not as wide open as you think. And if you want to go and fight him, good luck. And also, Connor's going to get the title shot over at both of you guys. So, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Hard pill to swallow. It's going to be tough for you guys. I wish I had back and forth, like, somebody that was, like, countering Banter, me. yeah, so that... Be like, oh, nuh-uh. And be like, yeah, right? You think so, huh? So you can just spit all these facts out? Yeah, just spit all the facts, but... Islam is going to strangle Dustin and Gaethje, and that's a fact. So stop thinking you're going to beat him, all right? That's all I got to say on that. Oh, God, let's now, see what happens. what do we have on the... On the itinerary. What do I have? Song versus Simone is very important. Yes. What did we see? We saw Corey the Sandman Sanhagen as locked in as ever versus Marlon Chito Vera. Probably one of the sickest performances we've seen. Did he kind of did he get a little bit tougher towards the later rounds? Yeah, but sure. Marlon Cheeto just never got it going, and he has a little bit, a little bit of a late starter. So you can see how some of those rounds were a little bit closer towards the end. But he got those early rounds, and that was what was important, okay? And Corey Sanhagen looked dialed, bro. He looked killer instinct, just a very scary man in there. The way he was just kind of marching forward, throwing his shots, but also mixing in the takedown, dude. Those looping hooks, his fun little uppercut that he does to create angles for other punches. He looked absolutely sick. 
And it just goes to show that I don't think anybody's going to beat Marab Dwalashvili. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say here. So because, the main uh, point is we can't be doing that. Uh, we can't be doing that against Marab because if we're doing that Russian in style, okay, we're going to get a Georgian double leg takedown, and he's just going to. I just don't see how anybody's beating Marab Dwalashvili. Okay. I know that Suga can land that shot, and I know that Corey Sanhagen is super dangerous, super creative, super unorthodox, and has really good foot movement or footwork, and he can f- fight really well just working around the octagon and simultaneously like, pushing the pressure if he needs to. But it's just going to be really tough for anybody to be a constant barrage of takedowns and pushing up against the fence like Marab does. And I think that we have at the top of the rankings, obviously, O'Malley and our boy... Corey Sanhagen, they are right there at the top. Super tough challenges for Marab, but I think that at the end of the day, you got to go down the rankings a little bit to this Ricky Simone versus Song Yidong fight in terms of stylistic matchups that can nullify Marab, okay? Ricky Simone is a tank of a human being, and he he's already beat Marab. Or no, he lost to Marab. Wait, did he beat? He beat Marab. Yeah, yeah, he beat Marab. All right, and I just think that constant takedowns aren't going to work against a guy that is the same size as you. All this stuff works really well. I mean, obviously, Piotr Jan did a really good job stuffing takedowns and stuff. But when you get a guy, there's just not a lot of offensive wrestling from Piotr Jan. When you can get a dude that can fucking wrestle you back is when Marab is going to get in a little bit more trouble. And I think a dude like Song Yidong and Ricky Simone, those are, those are the guys that are going to beat Marab and have a better chance because there's even though Song Yidong, he does like to be a little bit striking heavy, if he has to, he can reverse position and start landing some huge ground and pound shots. You know what I'm saying? Because guys like Corey Sanhagen and Sean O'Malley, I feel like they're going to be really pressed to try to create space and always just, you know, they just want to land those really good shots and like sway judges like to I don't they just need those big moments to win rounds and stuff but with Ricky Simone and Song Yidong if they get in those terrible situations I feel like they're going to be more willing to accept that and accept those bad situations than try to mm-hmm. transition I don't know I, it's like hard to explain I feel like Corey Sanhagen and Sean O'Malley when they get in the bad position they're going to try to create space and they're going to try to like land big shots, and they might panic a little bit. But with Ricky Simone and Song Yidong, I just really think that their abilities to create scrambles and just kind of accept the suck against Marab, they're just going to have more success with that. Because Sean O'Malley, you know, he just wants to like create space, land his big shot. Corey Sanhagen likes to have foot, likes to be on his feet, likes to use his footwork. But Song and Ricky, they're not afraid to put you in a fucking chokehold. And they're not afraid to land ground and pound and lay on you for a round. And I think that's the only way, because those are guys with the only similar styles to Aljamain. And Aljamain obviously is not going to fight Marab, even though we all would love to see it. But um, yeah, and that kind of brings us down a little bit to Adrian Yanez at number 12, because like Adrian Yanez, he's like the only other X Factor I could see maybe beating him, but we haven't seen his we haven't really seen his take down. Like, he has fought good, re- like, Gustavo Lopez is a good wrestler. He beat him pretty handily. I don't know. We'll get to that fight later just because, um, to me, Adrian Yanez, that fight is 
the one that stands out to me most because out of everybody else in the division between Ricky Simone and Song Yidong, below the top 10, Adrian Yannis definitely has an opportunity to get a chance at the belt, especially if some of those strikers knock off Marab and some of those wrestlers at the top. Um, And then, okay, so what was... Since we're in Bantamweight right now, we'll just get this part over with. Yeah. I was going through, and uh, Sayed Yukub Kokramanov, I was looking at MMA ranking. Where did Sayed Yukub go? He's not in the UFC anymore, bro. What? And I was reading articles on it. He got absolutely screwed. And uh, this dude has only lost... Like, how many fights would you think it takes for you to not get re-signed in the UFC? Like, how many losses? Yeah. Five. Yeah, okay. Try one to uh, a dude. What? He, he only lost one time. Maybe to, even like six. To a dude. Six? Well, I guess five then. Dude, I, why isn't uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov in the in the top 15 of Bantamweight? But um, Saeed Kokramanov was basically manhandling Saeed Nurmagomedov, who was... One of these scariest things. Say these names. All I hear is of. 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 It's just, you just gotta. They're honestly more phonetically correct than you think. Which that is true because English doesn't make sense, but it's still so interesting that you can like pronounce all these foreign names. Yeah. Well, if you look at it though, like uh, Giga Chikadze, it literally looks exactly how it's spelled. Ze. Nurma Gomedov. You know? Mokhaev Ulan Bekov. I see I would say Alan Bekov. Ulan Bekov. That sounds like one person. Because, <laughs> because Ulan Bekov. That's just cause like I you know how I segment words? Mm-hmm. Like my brain thinks differently, but yeah. I think that the Brazilian names are the most confusing. Yeah, that's true. There, there R's and H's and. Well, spelling Brazilian names are a pain because there's always a random I after E. Yeah. There's some weird stuff. Interesting. But okay, let's get back to this. Sorry. The UFC messed up by not resigning Saidiku Kakramanov. And I, I really hope it's not because he's a really wrestling forward guy. Because if we're actually looking at really fun matchups to make, a Marab Dewalis-Vili versus Saeed Yacoub Kakramanov would be so unbelievably fun because they have the exact same styles. Like, you think that Marab Dewalis-Vili is a machine. He's obviously a machine. But you think of him as being kind of an anomaly. There's a, I'm, I'm willing to guess that there's tons of guys out there just like him. And Saeed Yacoub Kakramanov is... One of those dudes that can constantly... Like, if you go back and watch, watch the Ronnie Lawrence fight, one of the most impressive barrages of takedown attempts that you'll ever see. Just constant. I forget how many he landed on. It was like 12 or something, but... Losing him sucks. Because when you're looking in a division where looking like Marab is going to bust out through all these fun strikers, you want a dude that can counteract that kind of same style. You know what I'm saying? And he's going to be a champion, and he's going to be back. And I was reading the article saying that wherever he signed with, I forget what it was called. It's like Miradov Fight League or something like that, saying that he needs two to three wins before he's back in the UFC. What are you talking about? Before he got popped with that guillotine against Saeed, Jakub, I mean against Saeed Nurmagomedov, 
He was basically beating a guy that has not really even tasted a loss in his entire life. He was mauling him until he got caught in that guillotine. So I don't know what the hell is going on. Is it Dana White saying you're not? It's not a fun style, which is bullshit. Yeah. Because I've seen way, way worse styles in the UFC than Sidekub <laughs> Kokromanov. Like, come on, it's so annoying. And Trevin Jones, he just lost Cody Garbrandt. He's he was still in the UFC. And uh, Saidiku destroyed him, so I don't know why they would release a guy, a young prospect too. It's not like he's thirty; he's like twenty-seven years old. So yeah. imagine when he's thirty-one, what he could do. Uh huh. That's so. And he's doing it now. That is so weird to think about that they would do that. Yeah, yeah. He said he got done dirty, and I didn't realize he was gone. I was just looking through my ranking. I was like, what? This guy's a legend. He's gonna come back, dude. Fuck that. No, he should just take a bunch of money from PFL or Bellator and just be the champion there, because he doesn't need anything left to prove. I mean, besides, eventually you want to come back and just show everyone up. But I know, and I'm sure a ton of people out there that are fans of him know how good he is. Like, he doesn't need to prove himself in the UFC. He's gonna run through any other divisions fighters. It's gonna be crazy. That's when you want to get one of those interpromotional bouts going on. That'd be fun. Eventually, it's going to happen. UFC for now is fine. Give it 15 years. Mm-hmm. There's going to be just as good guys in other divisions, in other fight promotions, and it's going to be sick. And we're just going to have to cover more professional associations for or promotions for MMA. But for right now, we're going to stick with UFC because <laughs> that's my favorite fighters in it. Plus, I don't have time on Saturday. I don't get all these people watch three, four fight cards on a Saturday. Or on a Friday and Saturday and Sunday or whatever. You would do that. I only would watch the UFC. It's a lot of fights. Some people will watch like Bellator, PFL, like all that stuff. That's a lot. That of, is a lot. I don't know how like Ariel Helwani knows so much stuff about everything. That's it's exhausting. I bet. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Cockermon is gonna be back. And then I was also looking because that that prompted me to go see. Oh, what. Who else have they released recently? And I think they released like Guido Canetti, maybe, which is Guido. There's a lot worse guys. The one that gave you a video? Hmm. No, that's Clay Guida. Oh, I was like, what? (laughs) But um, Guido Canetti, who just lost to who's our boy, Mario Bautista. Marbotis is looking nice too. He's kind of like Ricky Simone. I think they train together or something. Maybe no, he trains. He trains with uh, in Arizona, right? With Sean O'Malley, maybe MMA lab. I don't know. Don't quote me on it. <laughs> but um, I really think that a fun matchup for Demir because in the when I was reading the article, it says that when I was reading the list, it, I was surprised to see Demir Shmagulov's name on the list, saying that he retired or something. And I was like, well, what? guess they don't follow mma social media that closely i guess and this was back in january but then he wants to refight out his last fight he didn't realize he had a last fight before he said he was going to retire so he's going to do that but it's going to be his last fight and again demir shmigulov his last time out he lost to armand sarukian who was one of the best lightweights on planet earth and i don't know why you want to retire besides i get it if you have like health problems but that was the only time he's lost he's like barely has any losses i think that's like the second time he's lost in mma his mma career he's like close to 30 fights or something weird wow. like, or over like i know he has over like 20 wins or something but 
he wanted that rematch against Armand Faruqi, but we know that that's not going to happen. Probably just because after Armand gets this dub over Hanato, hopefully, hopefully, please don't jinx anything. Um, <laughs> Armand's going to be firing for a title really quick. So um, the next one that I was looking at is who is a fun common like who has who has a good style that could clash with Demir, but still kind of let him go out displaying all of his skills who would be fun and what like who is a guy that nobody really wants to fight right now and it's Mataj Gamrot versus Demirj Magulov would be so sick Mataj is coming off a big dub over the Jalen Turner who the only way to beat Jalen Turner even though Mataj probably got a lot of heat for it is to try and take him down the entire time okay like there's very few lightweights on planet earth that can hang on the feet just solely striking with Jalen Turner because uh, how would you like to when you're like a five nine guy fight with a dude with an eighty inch wingspan that's six foot three one hundred fifty five pounds I don't think that's a lot of fun for a lot of guys so if you have the ability <laughs> to grapple with uh, old Jalen Turner you do it and you k- just block out the outside noise fuck everybody that thinks it's a boring style Mataj Gamrod is the absolute man I love gamer and. That fight would be insane because I think Demir Mugulov has a bad taste left in his mouth from that Armand Sarukin fight because he kind of got taken down at will, even though we all know Demir has good takedown defense. It's just that Armand's on a different level. But Demir, if he could get a dub over Mataj Gamrot, that might give him a little bit of a taste to re-sign another contract with the UFC because I don't think he's done. He's only like, I think he's 31, 32. Dude's in his prime. I don't know. I don't want him to retire, but I get it mm-hmm. if it's health related but um it can't be health related it can't be that bad if you're coming back to fight one more time yeah and you want to fight a guy like Armand Surugan yeah. so you can't be in that bad hell if you want to fight the freaking Literally. future lightweight champion of the world so Demir Jmigulov please come back please fight uh Mataj Gamrod that clash style would be so much fun Demir Jmigulov would have his way with Mataj Gamrod on the feet all you have to do is just worry about stuffing those takedowns and scramble back up to your feet when Mataj eventually gets a takedown because he takes down at least everybody's fought he took down freaking Benil Dariush who's a stone brick wall so that would be fun I've learned a lot today about things <laughs> I had no idea even happened between Saeed Dekub and uh, Demir those are two of my favorite fighters and I didn't realize they were almost gone from the That's UFC so sad. stupid yeah but uh, I think that the biggest storyline of them all is that our boy Ilya Teporia is one fight away finally from a UFC title shop. And I'm pretty confident in saying that just because Josh Emmett is the, uh, what do you call it? Number five featherweight on planet Earth. So I really don't see any other reason for Ilya to fight another fight if he gets this dub over Josh Emmett. Just give him that boy the title shot because um, he's the next UFC superstar. He talks shit with everybody. He's more confident than everybody and he looks the part and he talks pretty well for being from a foreign country and he brings the foreign the foreign vibes you know how many georgian fighters came to support uh um who was it was it delidze roman delidze that was fighting there's tons of georgian fighters they're like the most passionate fans on planet earth i guess for mma I mean, seriously and um, i think that Ilya Taporia versus josh it's going to be Every every time Eli Zaporia steps in the octagon, it's a masterclass. It's an exciting fight. He finds a way to just get the other guy engaged, but he also he can take a shot when things aren't going right, change levels. Um, 
like just probably the most well round. I don't even know. I just didn't let he's just must watch, <laughs> must watch TV every single time. And I think that Josh Emmett, they have similar styles, but when it comes down to it, Ilya just finds the chin. Ilya works the body. I think he's just going to overtime kind of just Yair Rodriguez, Josh Emmett. But you never know. It could be more interesting than we think. And all, as we know, Josh Emmett, all it takes is one. And who knows? But in my eyes, it's a favorable, a favorable matchup for Ilya in terms of looking at the other guys in the division. Obviously, Ilya would run through Brian Ortega. But Max Holloway, Yair Rodriguez is... Those are tough-ass fights, bro. But Ilya being thrown into the mix. If he gets this dub, it only makes the featherweight division better. And it gives new blood for Alexander Volkanovsky to want to stick around and test himself. Because an Ilya Tepori versus Alexander Volkanovsky fight would be extremely interesting. Super fun. What's up? Is Eljamain's hair cut off or is it really just that straight of a line? Cut. He has an absolute insane flat top. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, literally. Could you imagine if it was... Look how flat that is. No, that's cut off. (laughs) But, um, I mean... They did him dirty with that, though. (laughs) Like, Dude, when I was looking at that, too, you could almost pass that as a flat top. Oh, 100%. I wouldn't question it if you told me that's his cut. Like, once you see, you can't really unsee it as a flat top. No. I honestly could believe it now. Yeah, right? If it wasn't so damn straight. I know, I know. That's the thing, like... Like, that's seriously just, like, a straight-up per- <laughs> perpendicular line or whatever you call it. Like, they for real just gave him a flat top. Like, what does it look like, then? Is it rounded? Yeah, it's a little bit more fro-ish. Let me see. Bro, that's insane. On the UFC website... Aljamain Look Sterling Aljamain looks Sterling. like he has the most legendary flat top of all time. Aljam. Oh, okay. yeah. It's a little bit more fluffy at the top. Yeah. Not as. It's got a little chopped dome. off. It's like a dome. <laughs> Dude, could you imagine? It looks like someone took like a weed whacker and just went right over Literally. it. Literally. That's like, isn't, wasn't that like a style back in the day? Like mm-hmm. in the nineties? Yeah. I think some guys still try to do it, honestly. Yeah. Didn't that Iman Shumper guy have that? You know the dude that swung around that one girl in the dance competition? That really tall M- former NBA basketball player? They won like an award. Like sl- it was like that that, that oh, dancing show. Remember they did like that dancing weird with the stars? Yeah. Yeah, and he that was guy. so good. He almost had I think he had a that, flat top. That dance that they did and like got three tens or whatever was from the movie Us. The scary movie that I wanted us to watch. You know how they were wearing like red mm-hmm. red suits in it? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. And they wore like a red jumpsuit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This that, guy. That song and their outfit was from that scary movie mm. that I said I wanted us to watch. It's literally based on I will on not that. watch us. Yeah. He's so annoying. It's really scary though. I won't. I hit my leg today on a table and I had to pretend like I didn't. And I hit the corner <laughs> of my thigh like on a table like this at school. And I hit it so hard and I literally was just there like this. That's like nothing had happened and I ever. wanted to yell the F word. Every time I go around my bed, if it cuts oh, my I know, leg, I want to I know, ke- that one does hurt too. Just But yell. I just know I can tell because it's hard right here that I'm going to have a massive bruise. No, you won't. I need to look 100%. after this. Um, 
Now, the final thing that we'll get to is Kellen's future predictions that are going to age like fine wine. All right. I'm not really going way out of bounds here. It's not too far out of the imagination, but some of them are. Heavyweights, I pick Sergey Pavlovich, Sergey Spivak, Almeida, and Aspinall. But if I'm going to pick one that is going to touch gold, I have one pick that is really tough, really far out there, and one this, the other ones are pretty safe, but we're not going to be safe here. We're going to go Gilton Almeida, touches UFC gold some point in his career, probably within the next year, two years. All right. Light heavyweight, we'll go Nikita Krylov. That's a freaking stretch there. I think that he could do it, though. Big, strong, minor man. Middleweight. We're going to go freaking another long shot. Mikhail Olkshajic. He's going to get it. Welterweight. I had three. Gabriel Bomfim, Ian Gary, and Jack Della Maddalena. Three guys that will probably touch gold, but... I'm going to have to go with Jack Della Maddalena because he's the probably the coolest guy in the UFC. Featherweight. Easy. Elias Tapodius. Um Is it? But also, watch out for Jack Shore. Okay? Just saying. Jack Honorable Shore. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Bantamweight. Obviously, Javid. The long shot is Rinya Nakamura from the uh, Asian tournament series that we watched. Um, flyweight for the girls because I don't think anybody else uh, didn't really. Yeah, I didn't do a good job of that. Um, flyweight girls because I didn't think anybody else in the girls divisions are going to knock them off. And then I also uh, didn't really look at the men's flyweight division very well. We'll look at that in here in a second. Natalia San, Natalia Silva is going to win that uh, flyweight championship one day. Is that how you say your name, bro? You're asking me? Natalia Silva? Yeah, that's her. She's a beast. And then who else? Who could take the dub at uh, flyweight, bro? Who could take the dub at flyweight for men? Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, someone beat John Jones. Jesus Christ. See his face on here. Pintoja? Mm, I don't know. Oh, Manel Cap. Duh. Yeah, let's go. Duh. Uh, dude, that sucked that he got sick or whatever. Or that was Alex Perez got had a seizure before their <gasps> fight on the fight day. What? Yeah, that's brutal, bro. Hopefully you're okay. Um, but, uh. That's great. Did someone beat John Jones? Please? Stipe, please, dude. I'll DM Steven Kwan to win you guys a freaking cha- World Series championship if you can beat John Jones, all right? <laughs> please. Steven Kwan. Steven Kwan's the man. So many good beavers are balling out this year. That's so cool. Can Fordo strikes out every time, though. No, I'm just kidding. He had a good game today. Yep. Giants got pummeled. All right. Fun times, fun times. Um. Well... I'm sorry that I just jinxed all these future champions. Probably never going to touch gold in your life now. <laughs> Bye, guys. We just spit a lot of facts at you. So, or not we. He Rewatch, did. digest. So, 
thank you for sticking through that it's a fun sorry. radio show yeah sorry that i didn't really talk much um energy levels a little down today but i'll be better next time so kellen just really took the reins on this one like usual high five yeah i'm getting better at doing it by myself this supposed to be a jab no he just jabbed me doesn't matter okay maybe you'll see me next week maybe not we'll see might see be guys. here might not be here if he's so good at see doing them alone see you guys for the 2024 episodes <laughs> <laughs> see you guys still then huh? see you in about like three and a half weeks yes time's out pretty right. good thank you for watching are you gonna say thanks for listening thank you guys you have You're no idea this how much so it, nonchalant you have no idea how much it means to me <laughs> he doesn't even watch the whole episode anyway you won't even make it to this part you only watch the clips vlog <laughs> off of one minute of clips That's anyway too you don't care to say but- goodbye you're like they're not even gonna see this peace out later <laughs> bye okay i'm an idiot <laughs> bianca's on the couch right now but i forgot to even talk about ufc 287 so we're gonna do it really quickly give our main card picks all right and um who knows maybe we'll see jorge and uh, kevin holland throw down you never know if there's a weight miss but we're hoping not because this like we said earlier is one of the sickest top to bottom main cards pay-per-views most worth your money i think that they've had so far this year so uh i guess then we'll kind of joseph pfeiffer is gonna have a tough test here against gerald mershart but maybe we're gonna go with pfeiffer but it's tough to get gerald out of there even even though gerald does get popped he usually finds a way to get that fight to the ground after the other dude gets tired and he sinks in a choke. Usually submits guys that he fights. That's just the way it is. Um, Steve Garcia hits hard. Trey Ogden versus Ignacio Bahamundes is fighting. Ignacio is an absolute freak show at lightweight. That's going to be a good fight. Um, I don't know who's going to win. I hope Kelvin Gaslam gets on the win column. Uh, but I want to talk about the main, the main card right now. Okay, so Raul Rosas versus Christian Rodriguez. Didn't really know that Christian Rodriguez is kind of kind of good, but is he going to get off his back when Raul eventually takes him down? I know that Christian's got good. I mean, he appears to have good submissions. I mean, he kind of looked like he had good-ish takedown defense against Weems, but Weems is not Raul Rosas Jr., so who knows? But the only time Christian Rodriguez has lost is the JSP, Jonathan Pierce, and... That dude's one of the better 145ers on planet Earth. So I guess I guess Christian moved down in weight. But um, that's going to be a more competitive fight than I think people think. And I hope it is because it is really crappy when a guy just goes in there and buzzsaws his opponent. So it's cool that Raul wasn't afraid to take this fight against a pretty good young um, bantamweight. So, but I'm still going with Raul. I'm going Kevin Holland over Santiago Ponzinibbio. Santiago Ponzinibbio, I think it's going to be fight of the night. Ponzinibbio always throws down, and I was really excited for him because he looked kind of down and out in that Morono fight, even though Morono did step on a short notice, I think, in that fight. So it was a tough stylistic kind of adjustment for him, but I was happy they finally got on the winning side of things after kind of getting screwed in two split decisions with Jeff Neal, I think, and Michelle Pajeda. And Kevin Holland, very favorable matchup. The way that he can kind of just shock guys and keep them at range with his long levers it's going to be a really interesting fight. I want to see if Santiago could get in there and take a shot because Kevin Holland can wobble you. He wobbled freaking Stephen Wonderboard Thompson, and that's one of the better 170 strike, 170 pound strikers we've ever seen grace the octagon. 
but the main fight I'm looking forward to is Adrian Yanez versus Rob Font. I think Adrian's going to have a field day with Rob, but the boxing, this is going to be a boxing match, and it's going to be a fun fight, but Adrian Yanez, I think he's going to get the dub. Burns wipes the floor with George Jorge, and then uh, I think it's better for the middleweight division if Israel Adesanya gets the dub over Alex Pijera. It's not good for the other guys that want to crack at the title, <laughs> but I think it's good for the UFC because I don't think it makes sense. Well, it, it's tough because on one hand, you can look at it as it's more wide open with Pajeda as the champion, but on the other hand, the way I feel is it's the very same kind of similar situation with Kamaru Usman in the sense that Kamaru Usman is one of the most insane gatekeepers you will ever have in the history of the UFC. And guys that are going to have to go through him to get to Leon Edwards are going to fail. And guys that get, are going to have to go through Israel Adesanya to get a title shot, if Izzy ends up losing this fight, which I don't think he will, they're going to be screwed. So I think it's honestly better for the UFC if Israel just wins because then we'll have more open-endedness in terms of guys that are they'll just be a better shot for guys to get a title shot you know because if they have to go through Israel Adesanya to get to the title shot they're gonna lose and that's just gonna knock them back even further so that's all I have to say honestly Israel Adesanya is the man at middleweight and I think he's gonna prove it all he needed was five more seconds in that what second round of their first fight but hopefully Gilbert Burns does enough against Jorge Masvidal to earn himself a title shot because Gilbert Burns is low key like in his kind of like peak performance peak performance prime right now, and I want to see him get another title shot because I think he could be a nightmare for Leon. So we'll see. Even a Gilbert versus Colby would be fun. It'd be see it'd be fun to see Gilbert take out Colby because I feel like Gilbert out of a, a lot of the guys has got the most disrespect from Colby because Colby. He kind of just dismisses Gilbert no matter what Gilbert has done or accomplished, which is wild considering Gilbert is the only good guy to face Hamzat Shemaev out of all those top guys. So, yeah, it's going to be a good card. Um, On the undercard, I'm most looking forward to Ignacio Bahamondes. But all right, thanks, guys, and um, later. <laughs>